everybody. How are you today? Well, that's good. My name is Nate. I'm the lead pastor here at Restoration Church. And uh, I am so glad that you are here with us. And if you're new to Restoration Church, we as a church, we gather in three locations, soon to be four, uh, in Dover, in Milton, Plymouth, and soon to be Bethlehem, New Hampshire. And the reason we do this is because we love Jesus. Now, I think my microphone was off, so someone will text the other locations that uh, that, that happened. Uh, we're good. All right. It's, uh, I'm glad, anyway, that you're here. We started a new series last week called Like Jesus. And this series, we're going to be in for a, uh, for a number of weeks this year. We'll, we'll be in this series through January. We'll start a new series in February. But for, throughout the year, we'll be coming back to this series and looking at specific things, specific places in our life where we have the opportunity and the privilege to be like Jesus. Now, uh, sometimes there'll be messages that just really inspire us and, and like, that's right, I could do it. Sometimes there'll be messages that, that convict us a little bit, like, okay, I didn't know that, maybe I wasn't ready for that, but if that's what God wants, then I'll take that step. And it's gonna be an absolutely amazing year for us as a church, an amazing year for you. Because if you say right now, all right, I'm with you, Pastor Nate. Let's go for it. I'm a, when, when this year ends, I'm going to be more like Jesus than I am right now. I'll tell you what, if you'll make that commitment in your life, if you'll make that, God, I'll let you do anything you need to in my life this year. You'll get to the end of this year and Man, it will feel so good. Before I continue on in the message, last Sunday night, we had a worship night in, in Plymouth. And I want to thank everybody who came. First off, it was absolutely packed. It was so many people from every location there. We had a really amazing time of prayer during the night as we prayed for all of our locations. We even prayed for future locations. And God spoke through so many of us, and we had the opportunity to share that together. I just wanted to put it on your radar. Our next worship night is going to be the last Sunday night in March, and it's going to be in Bethlehem. It will be just a few weeks before we open that location, so we're going to have a, a night of uh, of worship and prayer at that location for the launch and the future of that location. And uh, from where we sit right here, it's about a two-hour drive north. So I just want you to mark your calendar that last Sunday night, 5 p.m., that we'll just be there because uh, not to have a worship night, but really like, man, it is a, it is a, a spiritual thing that we'll be doing as we're not just opening a church, but we are... Uh, all the lives that are going to change in the weeks, months, and years to come, uh, we get to be a part of that through what God is doing. Pretty special, pretty powerful. Now, let's jump into this series. Last week, uh, if you didn't get a chance to watch it online, or if you weren't here in person, uh, we talked about a, a, the Rubik's Cube. And the Rubik's Cube being completed is a picture for us of Jesus. He is complete. He is perfect. He is whole. And a Rubik's Cube, that is 
Still messed up? Well, that's us. Uh, We are in that process of being transformed, kind of one spin at a time, one rotation at a time, more and more like him in our life. And today we continue on that journey. And for the next Uh, The next few weeks, we're going to talk about prayer. We want to pray like Jesus. And, and, you know, that can maybe feel complicated. It can feel overwhelmed. but But it's not just a little bit. What is the little bit that God wants you to do this week to begin to be more like him? How do we pray like Jesus? Now, in 2021... Uh, our circles, which are groups that meet in people's homes, they meet at the church, they, you know, they meet other places. We, we have some groups that meet online through, through Zoom or another platform. In 2021, um, I was leading a circle, and one of our, our now circle leaders, Donnie Drake, was in that circle. And so I snapped this quick picture of Donnie during the circle. Like, hey, just screenshot Donnie and... Uh, and so there's Donnie, he's great, if you've met, ever met him, he's a, he's a great guy, great, great man of God. Now, you take that off for, for just a second. Now, um, Donnie's great, we could all be more like Donnie, but when I say we need to be more like Jesus, this is not what I mean. As I was there, like, trying to lead the circle, I'm like, oh, my word, this is a famous picture of Jesus that I remember. And so I was so distracted because I was, I was like, trying to teach, and I was, you know, and I was uh, uh, Googling pictures till I finally found it, screenshot it, made this. I'm like, hey, tonight is we end circle. I just want to share my screen with you and share this. So this is not what we mean be like Jesus. We're not trying to outwardly look like him or dress like him or, or look religious or, or try to fit in or, or have a holy aesthetic about us. We want to tra- be transformed internally to be like him. The inside, our character, our heart, our mind, our thoughts, they are like him. And the external stuff, some of that It's important, some of it's not important. Some of it he'll do in his time, some of it he won't do because it doesn't matter. But we want to be focused on what's going on inside first. So in this series, today we'll talk through prayer, and I want to talk about, when we begin to talk about pray like Jesus, this message maybe is a little bit out of order, but I want to talk about praying and fasting. And, I, and, and so fasting, for, for if you're not familiar with what it is, um, it's not just a health phase like intermittent fasting. Um, it is a spiritual practice first and foremost. And for many, uh, many religions have some sort of fasting put into it, but within Christianity, Jesus talks about fasting. He has an expectation that those who follow him will fast. And these are times where you are deliberately putting aside food uh, in order to be focused on, on, on prayer, to be focused on the things of God, and to be focused on the part of yourself that is beyond just your flesh and bones. So you understand, you probably have think through this and felt 
this before. Sometimes physically you feel great, but emotionally you don't. It's because we are, um, we are multifaceted beings. We have our, our mind and our emotions and our will. We have our spiritual part of ourself that's, that's kind of crying out to God or, or during these moments of worship and singing that it reacts like, I mean, I felt something. That was your, your spiritual part of you. And then we've got that flesh and bones part of us that has the aches and pains and that no matter what we do, we will get old. No matter how much Botox or plastic surgery we try, it's coming. And, uh, and, and that part of us that is mortal, that will disappear and be gone. Fasting... Is a, it, it, it is, and, and there's lots of different ways which we've covered in other series, but it is that abstaining from food or certain types of food in order to more fully focus on God. So let's go through. We're going to fast and pray like Jesus. Let's talk through some of the things he modeled for us, some of the things he taught, and we begin to learn then how to begin to maybe do this for the first time, to, to add this into our spiritual rhythms for this year. So the first thing that Jesus taught us was to fast privately. Some of this is a reaction to the culture that he's living in, and Jesus is living in Israel. It's a Jewish culture where there are religious elite, and they act like it, they dress like it, and everybody is trying to, uh, from their outward appearance, they're trying to look more holy than another person. So they're, 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 they're you know, if they're, um, they're, they're wearing the fanciest clothes, they're wearing the biggest hats, they're, they're putting all these prayers up and, and adornments on them, they're trying to show, hey, I'm a spiritual person, can't you tell? So it's in this culture that Jesus is teaching us to fast privately. Here's the thing, all right? If you're depriving yourself from food, but you're using fasting to feed your ego, you missed it. And in our culture, what we can try to do is to fast or, or to have spiritual principles in order to gain likes on social media in order to in order to gain influence in church in order to convince uh, another guy or girl to date us we can use spiritual practices to elevate ourselves if you withhold your food from your body but you're feeding your ego then you've actually done spiritual damage to yourself you've actually increased in wickedness not increased and godliness. There's this famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. It was his first big public sermon. And there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people there. And he taught everybody the Lord's Prayer. And right after that prayer, if you look in Matthew chapter 6, he taught the, all those listening about fasting. And he says this, in Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse number 16. He says, when you fast, 
do not be, do not be somber like the hypocrites. No, he's not holding back any punches here. Not be somber like the, the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. So stop right there. What does that mean? Uh, it means if you're fasting, I mean, even if you've been fasting for three hours, make your appearance like you've been fasting for weeks. And so we're like, oh, I've been fasting. Like, how long? Well, I had breakfast at 9 a.m. It's, uh, uh, it's now 11 o'clock, and, uh, and uh, you know, I've been fasting. Whew. Oh, man. I can hardly walk up this flight of stairs. I mean, oh, man. I've been fasting, you know. Like, wow, you look, you look so miserable. I've been fasting. And, and it's, they're trying to show, wow, that guy fasts. Wow. And they're trying to, again, get appreciation for themselves. Jesus continues, truly, I tell you, they have already had their full reward. Pause right there. There is a reward from God for fasting. There's a reward that God has for you for, for neglecting your flesh in order to pursue him more clearly. There's a reward for you, but if you're... If, if all you're doing it is for social media likes, then that's all you get from it. So you've made yourself hungry for 24 hours or for three or four days, and you got a couple of thumbs up likes. That was it. That's all you got out of it. Nothing spiritual, nothing profound, nothing from God. That's all you're going to get out of it. He says the opposite. When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be obvious to men, but only to your Father who is unseen. So why don't you shower? Why don't you smile? Why don't you begin to act normal? Because no one needs to know. You don't need, you're not doing this for their approval, for their credit, for their pat on the back. So you're not doing this to try to make yourself look or seem more spiritual. You're fasting for your father. And he says again, your father, our heavenly father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, we can, tie, we can tie, kind of bring the pendulum swing the other way. And, uh, and so because he's told us not to, uh, you know, don't let anybody know. So we're really not going to let anybody know. And like, we shouldn't be doing corporate fast, which is a fast that we all do together. You know, I shouldn't even tell my wife or kids that I'm fasting. Um, I'll, I'll pretend like I'm biting the food and then I'll, I'll eat it sideways and drop it behind my back. I'm like, I don't want anybody to know. Again, he's responding to what's happening here. There is a place for corporate fast. There is a place for you to tell other people that you, that you, that you lead or that you serve with that you're fasting, that you may encourage them to serve, to, to, to fast with you, or they might be a support. If you decide to do a, a, a fast that's longer than three days, you'll probably need the support of those you live with. Because if it's like, hey, I just really feel God calling me to do a seven-day fast, then the family's going to support you and not order, have delivery pizza show up to the house, all right? So they may still be eating, but they're going to be sensitive to what you're doing. That's not 
taking away your reward. Again, it is a posturing that we do. That's a hard issue that we do to say, I am so spiritual. <laughs> you know me, I'm spiritual. And it's that heart issue. Again, it's the feeding of the ego, which Jesus is warning against. Don't do it. It's a waste of your time. That's the only reward you'll get. Jesus, he is doing something different than just going without food. He is deliberately seeking God. God, your will. God, your way. God, for your glory. God, for your purposes. It was about him and his father, not about anybody else or what anybody else would think of him. Here's the second part of this. Um, first was fast privately. The, the second part is, is going to seem confusing at first, but, uh, but I'll teach you through it. <laughs> and maybe I should have reworded this, but I would just go with what I have and, and live with the consequences. All right, fast privately, second, fast for food. And that's like, that doesn't mean start fasting that your fast will be over. But feed your spirit, man, is what I mean. We're, we're a three-part being. We have our, our body, our physical body. We have our soul, and we have our spirit. Fast to feed your spirit, man. Fast for food. That when you neglect your physical body food, your spiritual man is fed. So when in these moments your physical body is fasting, your spiritual body is feasting. Fast to feed your spiritual body. Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness but he didn't go without food. And there's a couple statements that he says that, um, that, are, that, that are profound and we think maybe they're figurative, but I want to look at them. So Jesus is being tempted by Satan. Satan shows up like, hey, I ever heard you haven't eaten in 40 days. Why don't you just show off? Like, you're God. Why don't you take these rocks here and turn them into bread? And he's like, and he's like you know, Jesus, I understand that you exist beyond time. So even though it's the year 30 AD, why don't you go ahead and turn these stones into some Texas roadhouse rolls or some red lobster cheddar biscuits? Like, you could do that. Why don't you do that? And Jesus, who could do that? Who could easily say, great idea. He responds in Matthew 4, 4 to Satan and says, No, scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what is, what is he saying here? He's like, all right, listen, I understand my physical body has been without food for 40 days, but I don't live in just the physical realm. I live in the spiritual realm. And though my physical body may be hungry, my spiritual man is well fed. I don't need to respond to this temptation. Jesus 
was eating spiritual bread that comes from God's mouth, that comes from God's word, that comes from the presence of God. Jesus didn't take this approach just during that time in the wilderness, just during that season of fasting. But there's a, another part in scripture where the disciples are kind of telling Jesus to eat. Hey, Jesus, you could eat something. Like, we've been, you haven't been eating. Like, we've been traveling. We've been walking. We've been, you've been preaching. You've been praying for people for hours and hours and hours again. Come on, sit down. You've got to eat something. And Jesus tells them this in John chapter 4. I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And maybe that's those te Texas Roadhouse biscuits, right? Maybe, maybe it's those rolls. He's like, I got some food. <laughs> don't you worry. I've been calling it in from the future, <laughs> I don't think that's what he meant, though. He says, did, and then they begin to ask, what in the, what is he talking about? He's got food that we know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? And then Jesus hears their whispering, and he says this, verse number 34. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Our physical hunger is subject. When we're physically hungry but spiritually full, physical hunger is not very noticeable. And for some of us, the only time we ever feel like we're hungry is when we're fasting. And again, you're like, I'm so hungry, I've been fasting. And you check, like, it's been 45 minutes. Uh, I got a long road ahead of me because the issue is not physical hunger. The issue is your flesh saying, no, I will control you. I want control. I don't want your spiritual side of you to have control. I want control. So we fast privately. We fast, to we fast for food. We fast to feed our spiritual man. Jesus goes on. To, he begins to teach that one of the things we should fast for is for power. It is not, we don't just want our spiritual man to be fed, we want our spiritual man to be powerful. So we're not, when we're fasting, when we're praying, when we're reading the word, we're not, because it's an illustration of bread, we think like, oh, the spirit man, he must be like really thick around the neck. It reminded me of a joke one of my kids said, like, hey, dad, you got something on your chin. And they're like, no, your third chin. <laughs> we think our spiritual man is just, just, but no, our, our spiritual man is powerful. And the more we feed our spiritual man, the more powerful he is. The more we feed our spiritual man, the more God is able to work through us, the more God is able to accomplish through us. The disciples had this instance where they went to pray for someone. The prayers weren't answered. They went, someone had, had, had demons inside of them, and they went to go pray. And they'd seen other times God move, and those prayers answered, and people been set free. But this time, nothing happened. They came and they asked him. So Jesus is alone with the disciples, and they asked, Hey, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replies, this kind can only be cast out by prayer, or the King James Version says by prayer and fasting. That sometimes your spiritual man is just not able to accomplish what it would be able to accomplish 
if you'd been praying and fasting, if you'd been feeding it, if you'd been building it, if you'd been growing in it. So when we, pr- when we fast, our power increases. The, the way God's able to move within us increases. Our ability to be used by God for miracles increases. The last thing is this, to fast for the Father's will. Fast privately. Again, it's not a show. We're not trying to get social media likes. Fast to feed your spiritual man. Fast to be used in the power of God. And then fast for the Father's will that you will do and accomplish and be aligned to what he wants you to do. This moment of 40 days of fasting that Jesus walked in. This was the launch of his ministry. So he'd been preparing. He knew. He knew what God was calling him to do. And it was time for it to begin. So what he did is he went into that wilderness. He fasted. He was tempted. But he walked out of that temptation. Because now in that moment of fasting, in that moment of temptation, he'd be able to walk through anything in the remaining years. He wouldn't be tempted when power came. He wouldn't be tempted by the crowds. He wouldn't be tempted to save himself. He was going to do what God wanted him to do. Fasting for us, as we go in a rhythm of fasting, which is what I'll be inviting you to do, what we're doing is we're changing ourselves to be in in agreement with God's plan and to be prepared to carry out his plan in your life, to prepare to do our role for his plan. A rhythm of fasting. And what I want to invite our church to do this year is to figure out what that rhythm is for you. And so you don't just wait for us to announce a corporate fast, but it is part of your rhythm. And what happens when you're in that rhythm is you are realigning yourself. Hey, God, what's your will? God, I'm in your will. God, is there something you need to raise? God, is there a part of my flesh that I've been yielding to? Is there a part of my physical body that I've been listening to and I haven't been listening to, to, to my spirit, man? I haven't been listening to your spirit guiding and directing me. So if you're going to begin to fast, there are, there are so many options and ways for you to do this. And we've, again, we've, if you need to, you can reach out to me or to, to one of the pastors of the church. We can direct you to some older sermons that you can watch that'll begin to teach you some of this stuff. But this is what I'd encourage you to do, all right? To figure out, is there a rhythm where even if it was annually, once a year, you're gonna begin to do maybe a one day, a 24 hour fast? Are you able to start there? Maybe once a week, you're going to fast a lunch. And so you're going to put it on your calendar. Maybe once a month, it, it, it will be a fast. But can, can you put yourself in that sort of rhythm? And maybe, maybe it's one, just once a month for, for 24 hours, I'm going to block out this time to fast. 24-hour period, and, and I always like to recommend, 
like a Jewish Sabbath, which is a 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. I had a friend in college every Thursday night, every Thursday, midnight to midnight, he would fast. Go to his room at 11.45, he's, he's making ramen, big, huge, double batch of ramen. He'd eat it at, 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 uh, at midnight, and then the next night at midnight, you, you know, 12.01, he's, he's eating again, a 24-hour fast. Find that, what is that rhythm? What would it look like for you to do that? To begin to feed your spiritual man, to begin to grow in power, to begin to be in a regular rhythm of aligning yourself to God's will. I encourage you, don't overcomplicate this. Couch to, couch to 5K, this fasting journey for yourself. Walk first, don't run. Maybe make it a lunch, a lunchtime, a school lunchtime, a work lunchtime, that instead of going out to eat with everybody or instead of hanging out in the cafeteria, you go sit in your car and you, and you just read your Bible for that lunch break and go back to work. And that's the regular, once a week, once a month, you can get in that. Find what that, what that is for you. And then, I know it says privately, but I would tell someone else that that's the plan that you're going to do. Because that will help you to, um, you know, know, hey, tomorrow, um, you know, uh, friend or circle group, Tomorrow, I'm going to fast my, my lunch at school, or I'm going to fast my lunch. I'm going to fast 24 hours. I'm just letting you know, because I'll know halfway through, I'll think no one knows. <laughs> and I'll, and so, but if I know you're going to check in on me, if I know you're praying for me, if I know you ask me about it over, that'll help me. Well, that's not trying to look spiritual. That's accountability to help you accomplish what you're telling God you want to accomplish. And that's a beautiful thing, not a bad thing. If you have questions about this, you can, you can always text us we, uh, or email us and we'll, you know, I'll either put it in the podcast that we do every week and try to answer some of those questions there or we'll answer some of those questions next week if we need to. Also in the lobby, talk to me and talk to one of the other pastors, talk to your circle leaders and begin to ask, hey, do you think this is okay? Do you think this would work? Not everybody, every single one of us has the same ability medically to, to do the same thing medically. So it's all right to ask questions. Um, it's all right to try to figure it out. It's all right to try and fail and, um, and to keep trying. We're trying to be like Jesus. We won't be like Jesus the very first try. Notice there's no, the prescription here is not, all right, go fast for 40 days now. No, because we, we can't do that. Just Google people who die trying to do a 40-day fast. Like, they're, they're there. We're, we're starting to very begin. We're trying to be like Jesus. Start this rhythm. Start this prayer for our spirit, man. All right, will you close your eyes? Let me pray for you. Jesus, we want to be like you. In our spiritual rhythms and practices, God, from the fruit and the outflow of our life, we want to be like you. Every week, this whole year, we're praying this, make us like you. Jesus, one of the spiritual practices that we can miss out is this practice of fasting. And fasting, I feel like it fast forwards us in our transformation to be like you. Because it takes our flesh out of the picture. When we're able to say no to our flesh, it is much easier to say yes to our spiritual.
man. And if we're and if we're forsaking our flesh, we can more clearly say yes to the parts that you're calling us to let go of, to the parts that you're telling us to accept. So I just pray, God, every single one of us will put something on our calendar today to take this step of being like you and to allow you to use this step to transform us into being more like you. Jesus, we love you and we praise your name. And we thank you for your salvation and your forgiveness and everlasting life that you give to us. I pray for anybody here who's never made a decision to follow you, they'd make that decision now. They would say to you, Jesus, that's it. I'm done fighting. I'm done running. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, 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 I believe now. I believe that you're God's son. I ask you to save me and forgive me and be my God. And Jesus, they would pray, they would say that to you, they would pray that to you. And they'd start this great journey of becoming like you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. Let's hand it over to all the bands.